congratulations. You've made it to day two. Today, we're going to talk about reverse engineering your income. We're going to go ahead and um, go over the outline. We're going to talk about location-independent ways to earn a living. Now, um, this is really important because there are a lot of jobs that you can do, a lot of businesses you can start, and even online, a lot of work that you can do, a lot of ways that you can earn a living that are still tied to living in a specific location. And I don't specialize in that, and so we're not going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about the power of a micro niche and why your great idea could be um, even better if you go ahead and pare it down to something a little bit smaller. We're going to talk about reasonable timelines for launch, and then we're going to do your journal and homework. So there are three areas of freedom that I specifically focus on. It's freedom of finance, freedom of location, and freedom of time. Like I said, there are many types of businesses you can create or incomes you can earn from all over the world, but few that cater to total freedom. Today we will discuss several potential bottom line building blocks you can look at to create true freedom. We're going to talk about the upsides and we're going to talk about the downsides. So one. Writing. So a writer can earn an income through content creation or copywriting. To earn royalties, a writer ideally needs to publish books or ghostwrite with a percentage-based agreement. So if you aren't familiar with ghostwriting, there are different ways you could do it. One is by um, simply signing a contract, doing the job, and handing it over. The other will give you ongoing royalties. Um, traditional publishing is not attainable or financially viable for most people due to the amount of time it takes to earn royalties and low payouts. So traditional publishing is not a bad option for somebody who already has a really big audience, um, a celebrity, a known writer, um, they do a lot of the work for you. However, you are only going to get financially a small percentage. I don't remember this current statistics, but you could say on average, it's going to take about a year and a half to two years for a new book that is signed to actually reach publication. And you will receive payouts along the way. But for a first time author, those payouts can be $30,000 in total. And if you space that out over the course of a year and a half, that doesn't add up to a living wage when you are working full time to get your book published. Um, self-publishing is only profitable if it is done well and marketed faithfully, however. So self-publishing is actually highly, highly profitable, but a lot of people do um, really half-hearted jobs or they do not market their book at all. If you only have one book, you do not have opportunities to create repeat customers with writing. So that is also a potential downside to writing. So while I have a lot of history personally with ghostwriting and copywriting, um, I would steer you more towards um, self-publishing. That is what I really specialize in. I really um, love helping people create ongoing streams of royalty. And while I am a writer and I have been for a long time, my main source of income still is not writing. It is more so my creative outlet that helps feed into my business. So I just wanted to share that for transparency. Um, now, that is also based around my goals. My goal is not to be a writer. Um, my goal is to educate, to be a coach 
and um, do courses like we're doing right now. So oration, voice work. A person who does voice work can record audiobooks for royalties. So again, you get that freedom um, in your income because it's ongoing royalties. They can host a podcast and receive sponsorships. They will typically see the greatest return on investment if they excel at building a large audience or connect to a successful author. Most podcasts cease to exist after seven episodes due to the amount of work. There is a steep learning curve. So I can't remember the term, but basically most podcasts die at seven episodes. They get easier to record and to produce with time. But when you first start out, you spend a lot of hours editing ums, likes, yes. Um, it's some tedious work at the beginning. Now, one way around that is some people will pay and have somebody edit their podcast for them. That's a totally viable option, but it does require money if somebody's going to do that. Solo podcasting is possible. So in other words, you would have total freedom of time if you're solo podcasting, but interview-based podcasting, story-based podcasting, that that's preferable. Um, now there are outliers that do solo podcasting and they're telling stories, or I'm thinking of like true crime podcasts. Um, those can be really amazing, but it can be slower to build an audience. So the flip side is with interview based podcasting, you will need to collaborate with others and you'll need some schedule flexibility, which I don't think equals not having freedom. Um, but you do still have to be very intentional with your time. Print on demand. Print on demand retail products require graphic design and a good host like Shopify, Etsy. That's what I mean by host. While you do not earn royalties, you can obtain repeat customers by continually designing additional merchandise. The cost of product design and shipping can be very high. So print-on-demand services can be really expensive and have a pretty low profit margin. The competition is very tight. So there are a lot of people doing print-on-demand and there is a lot of design theft because it's hard to verify um, original ideas. And so this isn't to deter anybody from doing retail or print on demand, but to be very forthcoming that it is not an easy market to break into. Visibility is very low if you do not have a large following to share your product with. So you need to constantly be marketing. Um, you need to have a pretty good social media presence. Um, there's a lot of work in it, but it's also a lot of fun. And if you are a visual design artist, it can be really, really fulfilling. Education. So e-courses can be recorded once and monitored or updated regularly. You have the satisfaction of directly helping people solve their issues. You can teach anything from life skills to hobbies, and there will be a need and a demand for it. Um, however, imposter syndrome can prevent some people from branching out. You have to start from somewhere, and those early attempts can feel really awkward. It is very easy to actually market your coaching or course building. Um, but there is a lot of work behind the scenes um, regularly. So it's not bad work. It's not you're constantly building a course or coaching. 
but you are constantly doing a little bit of admin work, a little bit of customer service. You are not a good coach and you are not a good educator if you are not answering people's questions and helping meet their needs. So you do have to be pretty intentional about setting aside time to respond to emails, to respond to comments, um, and to troubleshoot issues because glitches do happen online, especially on online education platforms. Um, so that's some behind the scenes work. So pre-recorded coaching can lead to in-person coaching webinars or public speaking opportunities. So like I said, my um, writing, I've been doing it for a long time, but my real love is helping people. And I love the gratification and satisfaction of helping people um, in real time. I love coaching people or doing e-courses and hearing people's testimonials. I love doing public speaking engagements and, and getting to talk to people and, and hear their stories too. Um, so that's why I do write. I can help you write. But my, my uh, flagship, if we will, is um, education. So there's also multitasking. While it is possible to earn a living from any one of the methods shared, you will likely want to combine methods. For example, a podcast host could also create t-shirts or other print-on-demand products. A writer could also provide coaching services. Someone who does print-on-demand may also do coaching or public speaking. Um, now, that is definitely a high need because print-on-demand can be so hard to break into. And so um, there are a lot of great coaches that help people specifically with that. Um, and if your talents don't immediately fit, don't blow them off. The further outside of the box you are, the greater your likelihood of success might be. So when I'm saying more than one way and I'm saying multitasking, you still do want to have a flagship uh, product. You want to have one extremely high value offering that is really helping people, that is really um, satisfying your soul <laughs> as far as work goes, but you will also very likely want to multitask by creating other um, services or products that point to your main service. So you might give 10% of your time to the other and 90% of your time to the main thing. Now, the power of a micro niche. A micro niche is a highly specific business offering. A good micro niche can almost guarantee success. And while I don't teach in depth about earning income from being an influencer, someone with a good micro niche has the potential to build a loyal customer base very quickly. So um, the reason I don't speak very much about becoming an influencer is because a lot of people feel like that should be sufficient to earning an income. And it's true, you receive sponsorships. You um, receive payouts from YouTube, TikTok, all of those places. However, the payouts can be really low, and they also very frequently are known for changing their system for payouts. And a lot of times, the system changes end up equating a lower and lower payout, which means that it's requiring more and more work from the individual. So while I will help you become an influencer in that you are going to build your market, you're going to build a loyal customer base, we are not focused on social media as a form of income because it's just not a very good one. It changes too frequently. But social media is a great tool and a great way 
to get people onto your own platform um, and build your own loyal customer base. Competition in a micro niche is minimal and education is desperately needed in micro niches. A broad interest in motherhood makes it extremely difficult to establish a voice and brand identity, but DIY motherhood focused on teaching DIY home projects to women or stay-at-home moms or working moms isn't so saturated and is desperately needed. So that's just an example. Um, So down here, I have some other examples. Beekeeping. So you could try and break into beekeeping, and that's already its own like really cool niche, but a micro niche would be beekeeping for the entire family. So this would focus on beekeeping with children. It could focus on helping your children make projects. It could help um, focus on um, how you can, can create retail products using bee products. <laughs> um, so that would be more of a micro niche and it would be a greater need because there are people who are Googling things like how do I um, teach my child about beekeeping? Now, another example is laying tile. So you could create videos on you know YouTube or social media showing how to lay tile. That's very good. There are a lot of people that do that. Um, and they have some really great information. However, because there are a lot of people that do that, it's a really um, saturated niche, but a micro niche would be starting a tile laying business. So you could focus some on technique, but you would be focusing more on monetization of being a master tile layer. Another really fun niche is homesteading. I love homesteading. I homestead. Um, but This is a really, really big um, niche to break into, and it can be really challenging, but you can micro-niche it. You can micro-niche it by focusing on building a sustainable family homestead. You could focus on building an off-grid homestead. You could focus on creating um, streams of income through a homestead. Any of those things would be considered a micro-niche. Reasonable timelines for pay. So this is something that I really want to talk to you about. And this is why yesterday we talked about committing for a year. Um, as you can see, it you can come in, you can start creating a business, you can build a product, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get paid right away. So assuming you will commit to furthering your education and understanding, I want to share reasonable timelines from launch to profitability for you. So a self-published book, you will not see your first paycheck until 90 days from first sale. You do not get paid if you do not sell books and you do not get paid for 90 days. This is because there could be refunds, there could be complaints, there could be any number of things. And so your book sale needs to settle and then your payment needs to be sent. And 60 to 90 days is pretty realistic um, depending on when your book is published in a existing pay cycle. But I would say go ahead and plan on 90 days from releasing and selling your book. Podcast. You can expect to do a full season of podcasting before you can successfully solicit sponsors. Now, that would be about 12 to 20 episodes. 
and you would want to release those either probably over a um, semester-based period or an annual period. So the sky's the limit. That means that it could be a four-month period or it could be a one-year period before you can solicit sponsors. Now, a really successful podcast doesn't have to solicit sponsors and it will start to um, be solicited by sponsors. And so you do want to have a podcast, (laughs) um, you know, potentially, but you do have to plan that if podcasting is your main source, it's not immediately profitable. Audiobooks. You will wait 60 to 90 days from the release of the book before you profit. Now, it's important to note that if you are not the author of the book, if you are actually narrating somebody else's book, they are in control of the release date, not you. So you could finish the work and they could not release it for another six months. Um, e-courses. You are looking at seven to 14 days from the first customer acquisition before you will see a profit from your e-course. Um that can vary a little bit. Typically it's only 14 days for the first um customer and that's because they will hold it um before sending the payment, but after that you typically can get paid weekly. Coaching immediately upon first customer acquisition. So depending on your payment processor, you can get paid immediately. Um, If you are using a platform for your coaching, they can have hold times. I wouldn't recommend doing that though. I also didn't include on here retail or print on demand because there are some pretty wild variables in that, um, including the platform that you use, the ways that you market. But in general, from your first sale, you're looking at about 30 days. But I would not view that as a highly profitable sale because Like I said, the cost of production can be really high. Next, I want to talk about reasonable timelines for production. Your mileage may vary based on time invested, but with five to 10 hours per week on average, I can help you reach a point of self-publishing, writing um, your nonfiction book in three to four weeks. Now, this would include... um, getting it edited, getting a cover designed. Um, There are different ways to go about doing that. I recommend hiring an editor, though that is not always necessary. You do want a really quality, well-edited book and nice book cover. Um, Podcast. Season one has a steep learning curve with many new skills being acquired at the front end of that. So you can reasonably record and edit six episodes over four to six weeks, but I would recommend preparing more before release because of the fact that most podcasts die at the seventh episode. So uh, audiobook can take two to four weeks to record and edit the audio. Of course, if you're doing something like Lord of the Rings, it could take a lot longer, but for your average uh, nonfiction audiobook, you're looking at two to four weeks. E-courses. To produce a high-quality, well-designed e-course, you can expect to take two to four weeks. Coaching. You can prepare to receive clients in four to six weeks if you have not already established yourself as an expert in your field. You're going to want to establish some credibility. Um, But if you're regularly sharing the skill that you are planning to monetize, 
Um, it can happen a lot sooner than that. I'm thinking about, I have a hobby of painting with watercolor. And on my private social media, I share that hobby sometimes. And I had somebody come to me um, without me marketing it because it's not my business, not my main business. And they asked me to teach a class on watercolor art. And so it can go faster. But with intentionality, I would say plan on four to six weeks. Um, again, for retail, um, you can create something in 24 hours. Uh, but print on demand, like I said, just not very profitable. And while I do think it's a good product to have to accompany other products, and I do have trainings on that, I would not recommend it as a flagship product personally. And I would not be somebody who um, would feel comfortable coaching you with any kind of promises about it as a flagship product, though I do think it can be incredibly complimentary. Um, to other services that you offer. And I, I do educate on that. So homework, what is your bottom line? I believe that the most profitable entrepreneurs have more than one source of income, ideally multiple streams of income that are compatible with one another. However, while there may be multiple streams, there is typically one flagship product. This is their highest source of revenue and the product they offer that has the most value and worth to customers. Take some time to consider several minor products or streams that might be compatible with your talents and one major stream that can produce the most value. So focus firstly on your flagship product. Are you somebody who wants to be known as an author? If so, that is your flagship product. If you are somebody who wants to be known as a as an educator, as someone who walks with people, then that will be your flagship product. Um, you want to look at those and you want to consider what might be compatible along with that. Tomorrow, we will begin to discuss pathways to monetizing each of the methods we discussed today. There are multiple ways to make each option profitable, and it is important to become a master of each one on your pathway to success. So you don't need to master somebody else's pathway. If you have no intentions of doing a podcast, then you don't need to study that in depth. But tomorrow you are going to want to take a look at everything and just learn a little bit more. Now, um, there is homework in your journal for tonight. So take a look at that, fill it out, and come ready tomorrow.